You are listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast, episode 66, The Problem with Rewards. This is Less Drama, More Mama, the podcast for moms who want to feel calm, in control, and confident about how to handle anything life throws their way. You're ready to go from feeling frazzled and disrespected to feeling calm and connected, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, Pam Howard. Hello there, Mama. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm delighted you're here. Today's topic is one that I've been wanting to talk about for a while. I'm going to be talking about rewards, sticker charts, candy, money, etc., which can be a very controversial topic. There are probably just as many articles and books that encourage parents and teachers to use rewards as there are ones that discourage it. I always recommend that you do your own research to decide what's best for you and your family, but after doing my research and experimenting with rewards both in my family and at school, I've concluded that rewards, like punishments, do work to get kids to do what we want them to do in the short term. But in the long term, like punishments, they're not only ineffective, but they can actually be counterproductive. Rewards and punishments, in my opinion, are really just two sides of the same coin. And I talked about punishments in episode 35. Today, I'm going to tell you why I'm not a fan of giving rewards and offer some suggestions for what to do instead. I'm also going to give you some resources to check out if you want to dive into this deeper. So years ago, as a new mom, I tried using rewards and bribes as a way to manipulate and control my kids. I used toys and candy for potty training and sticker charts for good behavior. And as a result, I often felt quite guilty. The idea of, I'll give you something you want if you do what I want, didn't sit well with me. It left me questioning what I was actually teaching my daughters and whether I liked my reasons. I also remember thinking, what's going to happen when I take the stickers and the candy away? Will my kids revert back to their old behavior? Will they always come to expect a reward for doing the right thing? How am I going to keep this up every day? It seems like more work for me to be the one holding them accountable. What happens when they become disinterested in the reward? Will I need to keep upping the rewards as they get older? When I started doing a little research on the subject, I came across several books and articles that validated my feeling of uneasiness. Study after study showed that as extrinsic motivation goes up, intrinsic motivation goes down, and that the more people are rewarded for doing something, the more likely they are to eventually lose interest in doing it. I've talked about the different kinds of motivation on the podcast before. Intrinsic motivation is when you do something because you get a sense of satisfaction, enjoyment, or accomplishment from doing it. Whereas extrinsic motivation is when you do something because you want to earn a reward or avoid a punishment. And I talked about the three core needs that all humans share when it comes to developing intrinsic motivation, connection, control, and competence. When I used rewards as a way to control my kids' behavior, I failed to help them satisfy any of those needs. I set up a me versus them dynamic while sending the message that I didn't have confidence in them to meet my expectations without some kind of incentive. 
By offering rewards for certain behavior, I also let them know which behavior I considered most important, which opened up the potential for power struggles. One of the reasons people rely so much on rewards is that they carry an assumption that kids do well when they want to. They know how to do what we're asking them to do, and they just need an extra push to do it. Operating under that assumption, it makes sense to figure out the best incentive and offer it. But what if that assumption that kids do well when they want to is false? What if instead we adopted the philosophy that kids do well when they can, that they want to do well and meet our expectations, but they lack the skills necessary for doing so? Kids don't throw their toys across the room, hit their siblings, or refuse to eat their broccoli for no reason. There's always a thought and a feeling causing their actions, and in many cases, kids don't yet have the skills to make a different choice. When kids don't have the skills to succeed, no amount of money, candy, or stickers is going to help. Once we understand what the underlying issues are, we can approach them differently and problem-solve more effectively. Before trying to change their behavior at all, I think it's important to ask yourself why you want them to behave a certain way or do the thing you want them to do in the first place. Remember, the reason we want anything is because of the way we think we'll feel. So let's just take this example of your child eating broccoli. Why do you want her to eat broccoli? You know it's healthy, it's packed with nutrients, and you want her to develop healthy habits. How do you think you'd feel if she ate it? Maybe you'd feel a sense of relief because you'd be thinking, I'm such a lucky mom to have a kid who eats broccoli. The truth is, whether or not your daughter eats broccoli you can choose to think you're a lucky mom and feel relief. Your feelings are never caused by her behavior. They're caused by your thoughts about her behavior. So once you clean up your thinking and take full responsibility for your feelings, you can show up as a much more effective parent. You can approach her in a non-judgmental, curious way to understand what's getting in the way of her eating her broccoli and maybe come up with some creative ideas. You'll probably offer it many times in many different ways, with ranch dressing, with butter and salt, with cheese. Maybe she can help you cook it. In the end, maybe she just doesn't like broccoli right now. Your thought that she should like it or that she'd somehow be better off if she did is the only thing getting in your way of feeling the relief you want to feel. This is actually a good example to use because what do parents do to get their kids to eat vegetables? They reward them with dessert. You ate all your vegetables, so now you can have a cookie. Do you know what that does? It tells kids that broccoli is bad and cookies are good, right? Because cookies are the reward. So kids don't learn to like broccoli. In fact, they learn to dislike it even more. Another downside to using rewards is that they can foster a what's-in-it-for-me attitude and lead to a sense of entitlement. I have a whole episode on entitlement, which I'll link to in the show notes. But basically, when kids are given rewards for things like chores, for example, they may begin to expect some kind of payment for helping out at all and will do the bare minimum of work required in order to get paid. Another problem occurs when kids decide they don't need the money and refuse to do the work. What then? 
I have never paid my kids for chores, and they routinely make their own beds, set the table, load and unload the dishwasher, and clean their rooms without being asked. Because they feel good when they contribute to the family and when their spaces are clean. I have paid them for things I would normally pay someone else to do, like wash my car, but they love doing that and would probably do it for free anyway. I don't give money for grades or rewards for doing homework, and yet my kids are both A students who do their homework without reminders. They're motivated from within because they love to learn and they enjoy the feeling of satisfaction they get from working hard. I want to recommend a book called Punished by Rewards by Alfie Cohn. In this book, Cohn goes into great detail and gives tons of examples about why rewards backfire. One of the examples he gives involves a program in which kids were offered pizza if they read a certain number of books. While the goal of the program was to encourage kids to read more books, and that number did increase, the quality of the books decreased. In other words, kids chose to read easy, short picture books so they could finish them faster and get the pizza sooner. So the focus was on the eating, not the reading. I highly recommend Cohn's book. He makes a very good argument against rewards that is backed by lots of evidence. So now what? You're probably asking yourself, okay, Pam, if I don't use rewards, what do I do? And are you saying that I can never treat my kids to something special for a job well done? Let me start by answering the second question. There's nothing wrong with treating your kids to something special and celebrating them. The problem comes from making those celebrations contingent on their behavior, as in, if you get an A, I'll give you $5, or if you score a goal, we'll go out for ice cream. When you put contingencies and conditions in place, kids learn to feel good about themselves only when they do what you've asked, or only when they do it well. They need to know that you accept them unconditionally so that they can learn to accept themselves unconditionally. What if you celebrated their effort and their mistakes and their learning, too? As for what to do instead of rewards, I recommend a few things. The first is a process of problem-solving developed by Ross Green, the author of the book Raising Human Beings. I'll link to it in the show notes, too. Green provides a step-by-step process for solving problems collaboratively and creatively with kids without resorting to carrots and sticks. When you involve your kids in the process of problem solving, they'll feel more connected to you, more in control, and more competent, all of which leads to increased intrinsic motivation. When kids feel better, they do better. The second thing I recommend is helping your kids set goals and reflect on their behavior. Let's say the ultimate goal for your son is to sit through a 20 minute meal without getting out of his chair. Start small and set a goal for five minutes. You can have a chart that shows his progress without tying it to a reward. The reward is being able to sit through a 20-minute meal. That is the reward. Yesterday, he was able to sit for five minutes. Today, he sat for six. You can then ask questions like, how are you able to do that? What went well? What challenges did you face? What could you have done differently? Is there anything you need from me to help you do that? 
Have ongoing conversations with your kids about their behavior without making assumptions or judgments. It's all about their learning. This kind of parenting takes more effort, time, and patience than simply offering a reward or threatening a punishment. But it's so worth it. When you parent in this way, you and your kids will reap the kind of rewards no money can buy. Connection, love, compassion, and understanding. Tune in next week when I'll be talking about the problem with praise. All right. I can't wait for you to hear that one. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Less Drama, More Mama podcast. If you liked this episode, please take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes and make sure you subscribe too so you never miss a show. Got a question, comment, or idea for an upcoming episode? Email me at pam at lessdramamoremama.com.